Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is Irene Dunn. And Terry Grant. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Presenting tonight's Penny Serenade. And here is your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. The Gulf Oil Companies and your neighborhood good Gulf dealer welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. And believe me, our welcome tonight is a particularly hearty one. For we're going to present, for your pleasure, one of the greatest screen hits of all time, the Columbia Picture... Penny Serenade, and with the great stars of the film, Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. I think it's one of the loveliest stories we've ever dramatized here in the Gulf Theater, a sort of modern fantasy about a man, a woman, and a good fairy named Miss Oliver. In just a moment, Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra will put us into our story, but first, here's a young fellow with a switch on a weather report. Some of you folks listening in tonight live in parts of the country where there's no more than a touch of fall in the air, but others of you live where the mornings are beginning to get downright chilly. So if you're one of those who expect cold weather soon, why not get the jump on winter by having your automobile put in condition now for those colder days and nights? Stop at your neighborhood Good Gulf dealers for his winter special service combination. Believe me, it may save you a lot of expense later on. For instance, right now, he has a light, free-flowing grade of Gulf Lube motor oil, fresh winter-grade Gulf Lube that will help your car start faster and give bearings and pistons the kind of protection they need. He also has lighter lubricants for the transmission and differential to make starting, shifting, and driving easier and help reduce battery and engine strain. And to protect the wearing parts in the chassis of your car, get Gulf Flex Registered Lubrication, the modern scientific method of car lubrication. Let your good Gulf dealer help you get the jump on winter and help your car last longer. Stop tomorrow at your neighborhood good Gulf dealers for his... What a dismal, unhappy old world this would be if all our love stories ended as they do in most books with the wedding march and the solemn voice of the minister. Why, love doesn't end there. Oh, no, that's just the beginning. Love is living together, laughing together, crying together. It's the sound of the alarm clock, the drip of the kitchen faucet, the song of the coffee percolator on bright spring mornings. It's the smell of tobacco and shaving cream, of Sunday roses and cleaning day, of Christmas trees and birthday candles. Yes, and love's the feeling of being important, too, of being happy, of being miserable, but never the feeling of being alone. Now, this is the love story of two people, Julia Gardner and Roger Adams. It begins as it should, with a very popular song hit by Mr. Mendel. persons, Julia Gardner and Roger Adams, have come hither to be made one. Be there any here present who know any just cause why they may not be lawfully joined in the holy bonds of matrimony? Let him speak now or forever hold his peace. 
Sorry, Roger. <laughs> Excuse me, Reverend. I have a little cold. You see, he proposed to me on a fire escape about an hour ago. <laughs> you must do something about it right away. Now, I always soak my feet in hot water and use a mustard plaster. Well, what do you know about that? Well, I always just drink hot lemonade and take quinine myself. Well, no, quinine's all right. Just a moment. Look, look, I hate to be an old spoil sport, but could we get on with my wedding? Mm-hmm. I have to catch a boat for Japan. My train leaves to San Francisco in just 15 minutes. Well, why didn't you say so? My goodness. Uh, do you, Roger Adams, take this woman to be thy wedded wife? Have no this day for better work, Richard Porra. Yes, sir, right in here, man. Car 64, compartment B. I'll be in to brush off the rice just as soon as we get started. Thank you, Roger, sir. How soon does the train pull out, Porter? About a couple of minutes now, man. I'd better hurry and get your baggage on board. Oh, the lady hasn't any baggage. I'm traveling alone. Uh, look, you mean this year is a solo honeymoon? Look, what's the world coming to? Oh, funny. Whenever I get on a train, I always feel like I want to be off somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, well, well, Mrs. Adams. Mrs. Adams. Sounds funny, doesn't it? No, sounds great. Oh, Roger. I wish this was our honeymoon. Yeah, so do I. Oh, well, never mind. We'll have a real one as soon as I get settled in Japan. Sure you can send for me in three months? Sure, I can save enough in that time. Foreign correspondent doesn't get big money, but I can live for practically nothing in the Orient. Oh, honey, I- I'm going to cry when the train pulls off. Well, what do you think I'm going to be doing? There's me right for taking up with a newspaper man. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mrs. Adams, a newspaper publisher. Hmm. Well, in the rough. We'll wait and see. I'll have my own paper one of these days. Oh, sure you will. Oh, Roger, I hate to have you go. I love you so much. Oh, Julie, darling. Oh, Roger... Look, sweet, this isn't really goodbye. It's just, it's just I'll see you later, huh? I'll see you later. Let's never say goodbye, shall we? No, never. Oh, Roger. Roger, darling. Roger, look. Huh? The train's moving. Oh, God. Oh, God, get off. Well, well, you can't. We're moving too fast. Well, I do. Well, I do. (laughs) Well, don't look so scared. After all, we are married. You can get off at the next stop. Next stop, Buffalo. Next up, San Francisco. Nishiyai, Tokyo. What did he say, Roger? You heard what he said. He said, grab your laundry. This is Tokyo. <laughs> My goodness, that first stop is certainly a long way from New York, isn't it? No one would believe that only four months ago you couldn't read American books. Now, Hannah, you try the next verse. Oh, Mother Hubbard. Hubbard. Where's the cupboard? It rhymes with Hubbard. Julie. Julie. Oh, out here in the garden, Roger. All right, children. Lesson's over for the day. But don't forget to come back tomorrow. We won't. Bye, Miss Adams. Goodbye, Miss Adams. Bye. Well, well, what's this, a kindergarten? Oh, sort of. They're the gardeners, children. They visit me every day. Yeah? How'd you happen to get home so early, darling? Well, no news worth putting on the cable, so I knocked off. Anyway, it's too hot to work. Say, uh, those kids don't bother you, do they? Bother me? I know, of course not. I'm very fond of them. I'm very fond of all children. Roger. Hmm? What? Do you like children? Me? Oh, I take them or leave them. Why? Well, 
I thought it'd be nice if you did like them because I'm afraid you're going to have one. Oh, well, I've got nothing against Huh? What'd you say? I said you were going to have one. You mean, you mean... Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, <laughs> well, well, it's great. It's wonderful. Well, why, why didn't you tell me before? I was afraid you'd be mad. Mad? Me? 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 No, I'm, I'm crazy about kids. <laughs> We've got to celebrate. You mean right now? Well, sure, tonight. We're due to town. Put on that green dress, you know, the one that shows off your hair. But right. Come on, darling. Give us a say. Well, all right. All right. I won't be long. Hey, me, your father. How'd you like that? <laughs> oh, boy. I'll teach your mother fish and swim and lay baseball up. Okay. Julie! Julie! Julie, come out of the house and cry! Turn on the lights. Wouldn't do for a lady who's been in the hospital five months to around the dark, would it? Thanks. Well, welcome to the Rosalia Courier, Mrs. Adams. How'd you like it? If it's what you want, Roger, I think it's wonderful. Oh, but think of it, darling. A newspaper of my own, a good American newspaper. A great setup, too. Press room downstairs, living quarters up here. Look, darling, if I can put this paper on his feet, I can get you the things I've always promised you furniture, car, clothes, everything. You know. Strange, Roger, but I can't get myself to care about those things now. They don't seem important anymore. What I really want, I can't have. The one thing I've ever really wanted, I'll never be able to have. Yeah, I know. I know how you feel, Julie. There. Ah, that's better. Now we can see something. Well, this, of course, is the living room. The dining room's over there, and the kitchen just beyond. And this, Mrs. Adams, this is the nursery. Hmm. What do you think of that? It's very pretty, but we haven't any use for nursery. Oh, 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 you never can tell. You know, my wife and I have been married for 30 years. You know what happened just last week? I became a father overnight. Mm, you did? Yes, sir. Cutest little fella you ever saw. Got him right out of the Rosalia Orphanage. Oh, now, folks, if you'll step right out here, I'll show you the roof garden. Could be picked up well for a place. Roger, it is a lovely room, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. A bed could go over there and a box of toys in this corner. Yeah, well, there ought to be a gate in that doorway, don't you and think? And nursery rhyme pictures all around the wall. Oh, but, uh, but I I wouldn't want to adopt someone else's child, would you? No. No, I should say not. Why, I guess adopting an orphan is just about the last thing we'd want to do. that in all the years I've been in charge of the Rosalia Orphanage, I've never been so impressed as I was by your letter. Thank you, Miss Oliver. We tried to make it clear what we wanted. <laughs> and you certainly did. The child must be two years old with blue eyes, curly hair, and a sweet disposition. And we prefer a boy. You know, I've often wondered why it is that everyone wants a boy just two years old with curly hair and blue eyes. Well, uh, you see, in our case, Miss Oliver, he'd have been just two years old if, if we... Uh, I see yeah, well, then when they're two years old, they're more or less uh, housebroken then, aren't they? Huh? Not uh, always, Mr. Adams. Uh, Miss Oliver, 
could we see what you have on hand? Well, uh, just at the moment, we haven't any children available at all. What? And there's a long waiting list. You mean we can't... If you get one in a year, you're lucky people. What, do you mean we'll have to wait a whole year? After all, real parents wait almost a year. Oh, I know, We've waited so long already. Besides, we must have proof that the adoptive parents are financially responsible. Oh, we can take care of him, Miss Oliver. I hope so. Now, if you'll take this application home and fill it out, you'll hear from us when your name comes up. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Oliver. And, uh, it doesn't matter if he hasn't got curly hair. It doesn't really matter. Goodbye, Miss Oliver. How do you like that? You don't choose you if you ask me. Unless you can keep a kid's. Nothing on earth, not even wild horses could drag me in here again. We got the message, Miss Oliver. We came here as fast as we could. Yes, we'd have been here sooner, but a policeman gave us a ticket for speeding. Yeah, look, have you got one? Is it here? Yes, the baby came in yesterday. Oh. It's a little girl. Well, we didn't want a girl. She's five weeks and six days old. Well, we did speak of an older child, you know, Miss Oliver. Two years old. But eventually, this child will be two years old. Yeah, but now she's five weeks. Mm-hmm. And six days. Well, what difference does that make? <laughs> so now I feel she's exactly the child for you. The nurse will be here with her in just a moment. What's she like, Miss Oliver? Mrs. Adams, believe me, she's like no other child. Roger, did you hear? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I heard. Oh, well, I guess there's no harm in just looking. Of course, we don't want her, mind you, but... Oh, uh, come in, nurse. Uh, bring her over here. Yes, Miss Oliver. You know, I've never seen such a good baby. Why, she hasn't cried at all. Well, what do you think of her, Mrs. Adam? Oh, she, she's beautiful. Would you like to hold her? Would I? Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey, look, look at that. Look at that. Look, look, she's got to hold my finger. Hey, that's a pretty strong grip. Well, for a girl, I mean. Oh, it? she's laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, that's too bad she isn't a boy. Otherwise, we take her in a minute, Miss Oliver. You know how it is. You kind of set your mind on it. <clears throat> Shall we run along, Julie? Roger. Roger, I mean... All right, all right, all right. She's yours. You mean it? You yeah, mean it? Sure. Are you sure you want her, Mr. Adams? Well, I just said so, didn't I? <laughs> when can we have her? Now, if you like. Now? She's yours on a year's probation. You mean we can walk right out with her right now? Uh, perhaps, though, before you go, you'd like to know something of her history. History? What do we care about her history? No. If she'll take a chance on us, we'll take a chance on her. Sure. Come on, kids. We're going home. as if the dark cloud hanging over Roger and Julie has finally shown its silver lining. Or has it? We'll know in just a moment when the Gulf Curtain rises again. Meanwhile, let's think about you for a few seconds. All right, bud? More and more tanks and airplanes are coming off the assembly lines every month. And while that's mighty good news for Uncle Sam, it means fewer new cars will be available for Mr. John Q. Public. So, folks, your present car is more important to you than ever before. You've got to take top-notch care of it, because the chances are you just can't be sure when you're going to get another. That's why you should never miss that regular stop at your neighborhood good golf dealers. 
because your Gulf dealer is always ready with the products and services your car needs to keep it in the best condition. For example, he does such things as check your tires and your battery to help avoid unnecessary replacement expense. And he has Gulf quality products that will help your car run better and last longer, such as Gulf no-knocks gasoline, the high anti-knock gasoline that has been especially designed to stop harmful pounding and hammering in your engine. So depend on Gulf quality products, Gulf's extra courtesy services, and your good Gulf dealer to help lengthen the life of your car. the curtain of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater rises on the second act of Penny Serenade, adapted by Forrest Barnes and Charles Taswell, and starring Irene Dunn as Julia Adams and Cary Grant as Roger Adams. Baby makes a great deal of difference in a home, even if it happens to be an adopted baby. And as the months slip by, that new small person becomes a part of the love affair that began with the wedding watch. Three people now, instead of only two. Julie and Roger named the baby Trina. And now it's almost 12 months later. Miss Oliver of the orphanage has come to call. Please sit down, Miss Oliver. Trina, this is your fairy godmother. How do you think she looks, huh? <laughs> I can plainly see she adores her father. You know, I think he's still sorry she wasn't a boy. A boy? What are you talking about? Uh-huh. You wanted a boy, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Hey, when do we get to own her? All right. Uh, that's what I came to talk to you about. You go before the judge on the 27th. That's this week. Yes. I brought along the papers to be filed with the court. Now, the same questions you answered a year ago, but we have to bring them up to date. Now, let's see. Um, religion? Same. Age? <laughs> One year older. Profession? Still publisher? Uh, yes, that's right. Income? Income, Mr. Adams? Well, uh, you see, Miss Oliver... No income. Oh, well, that's only just for the time being. You know, I've had a bit of, little bad luck and a little jam with the wholesale paper people. Oh, I... Oh, well, it's I'm just very, very sorry to hear this, oh, Mr. Adams. don't worry about it. I'll, I'll have things humming by the 27th. Nothing serious at all. You understand that, don't you, Miss Oliver? I do. But I'm very much afraid the judge won't. You mean he might take her away from us? Well, he can't do that. She's ours. I sincerely hope she'll continue to be, Mr. Adams. But I'll have to ask you to bring Trina with you when you come to the court on the 27th. Under these financial conditions, I cannot grant the adoption. The child will have to revert to the orphanage. Uh, Your Honor. Here are the release papers for you to sign, Mr. Adams. This is just a matter of routine. Well, look, Your Honor, if you please, it can't be just a matter of routine for people to have their baby taken away from them. You have no income. I have no alternative. Yeah, but... Don't you understand? She, she's not like an icebox or an automobile or a, a, a piece of furniture that's bought on time and when you can't keep up the payments it's taken away from you. Look, Your Honor, we've had her for a year now. Why, we walked the floor with her and she had the colic. We've lost nights of sleep worrying every time she cut a tooth. Why, we've gone through everything that real parents do with their own. You ask Miss Oliver about the inspections we've had to have. Her, 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 her weight chart, her vaccination certificates, her toys, her dresses, her toothbrush. They come in regularly and check up on us. How many real parents could keep their own baby if they had to go through that? We could have taken her away from us. Mr. Adams, don't you understand? There's nothing I can do. The law is the law. 
I'm sorry, Judge. But, well, you see, we, we weren't as fortunate as most people. We'd have one of our own on the... On the... Well, you don't know how badly my wife wanted a child. For me, it wasn't so important. I suppose most men are like that. I don't know, but children never meant a great deal to me. Oh, I liked them all right, I guess, but... That's what I'm trying to say is, Judge. The first day I ever saw her, she looked so little and helpless. I didn't know babies were so, so, so little. And when she held onto my finger, she, she just sort of walked into my heart and she was there to stay. I didn't know I could feel like that. I'd always been sort of careless and irresponsible. I wanted to be a big shot. Yeah, big shot. Now, here I am standing before a judge pleading with him to give me a little longer so that I can prove I can support a little child who doesn't weigh quite 20 pounds. Look, Judge. It's not only for my wife and me, it's for her sake, too. She doesn't know any parents, but us, she wouldn't know what had happened to her. There's so many little things about her, and nobody would understand her the way Julie and I do. We love her, Judge. Don't take her away from us. Look, look, I'm not a big shot now. I'll do anything. I'll beg, I'll borrow, I'll... Judge, Judge, please. I'll sell anything I've got until I get going again. This child will never go hungry. And she'll never be without clothes as long as I've got two, hang- two hands. So help me, Judge. So help me. <laughs> She's ours, Julie. For good? No, I'm forever. Oh, darling. Nothing can ever take her from us now. Did you ever see such a beautiful birthday cake, Trina? Pink roses and two pink candles. You'll really have to start lying about your age pretty soon, Trina. What do you suppose that little boy you met in the park would say? He knew your birthday cake had four candles. Of course, it's not too tight. You're six years old, and this is a six-year dress size. Well, it feels tight, and it won't button. It would button if you just stand still a moment. I hope they have marshmallow cookies. You think they will have marshmallow cookies, I Mommy? No, darling. Will you stop wiggling? It's going to be a wonderful party. I know it is. Trina, if you don't stand still and behave yourself, I'm never going to try a dress on you again. Do you hear me? I'm never going to try a dress on you again. Dear Miss Oliver, I should have written you sooner, but I could not. Less than three weeks ago, Trina was here. Then a sudden, brief, hopeless illness, and she was gone. Quickly. So quickly. Nothing can ever take her away from us. We said that once, years ago. But we had forgotten about death. With those light steps of hers, she has outdistanced us. 
Roger and I are separated. The bond that held us so very close has been broken. So there's nothing else to do. Please, please think of us sometimes, Miss Oliver. Starting down the station. Judy, look, before you leave, I want you to know I don't blame you. You should leave me. I can't think of a reason in the world for you not to. I'm licked, Julie. You're not licked, Roger. It's just us. We're licked as far as our being together is concerned. When something really came along that hit us hard enough, we couldn't face it together. For the past few weeks, we've just been two indifferent strangers living in the same house. Just hasn't worked out. Oh. oh, I don't know. I just haven't been able to think straight these last few weeks. It's only the day before she took sick that she she asked me for a quarter, and I refused her. And then she asked me to take her to a movie, and I said, "No, run along. I'm too busy." I know. It was the same with me. I was trying on her dress for the birthday party, and she was so excited she couldn't stand still. I said, "I'll never try a dress on you again." And I never did. Oh, why do such things have to happen, Julie? Well, that must be the man for my trunk. Look, dear, isn't there some way to... I'm afraid not, Roger. No, I guess you're right. It would never be quite the same, would it? Well, I'll open the door. Pardon me, may I come in? Miss Oliver! I do hope I'm not intruding, but I just had to stop by. Oh, come in, Miss Oliver. I can't stay for the moment. My dears, the strangest thing has happened. Yes, Miss Oliver. A little boy was brought to the orphanage just this morning. And would you believe it? He's exactly two years old. But the oddest thing is this. He's the very image of the child you asked for the first time you wrote. Remember? Yes, I remember. He has blue eyes, curly hair, and the sweetest disposition. He, he must be beautiful. Mrs. Adams, believe me. He's like no other child. I, um, well, I'm breaking every rule of the orphanage and telling you about him. You see, there's another couple who should see him first, but, well, I would like you and Mr. Adams to just take a look at him. Roger. Roger, do you think... Uh, yes, Julie, yes. Oh, Miss uh... Oliver, don't let that other couple see him till we do, will you? Oh, I won't, my dear. Well, I'll expect you tomorrow, then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Oliver. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, you know, Julie, if he's only two years old, I'd better put up that gate again. We wouldn't want the little fella to fall downstairs and break an arm, would we? On the crib, we'll have to get that out. Yeah, yeah, it's some toys. Hey, how about an electric train? Roger, Roger, did you hear what Miss Oliver said about him? Sure. He's got blue eyes, curly hair, and a sweet disposition. Oh, that might be anybody's baby. It was what she said after that. What, darling? The one thing that made me know he was really ours... She said, Mrs. Adams, believe me, he's like no other child.
Congratulations, Carrie and Irene, on a splendid performance. You made Penny Serenade live anew in another medium. Thank you. It's always a privilege to be a part of this fine program, Roger. That goes for me, too. Say, Rod, what's on the bill of fare next Sunday? If you could only cook. Well! <laughs> oh, that's sweet of you, Roger. But isn't it a bit sudden? No, hmm? Jerry, you, you don't understand. That's our story for next week. It stars Priscilla Lane. And... Are you kidding? You mean Priscilla Lane, that little dish who's working with me in Austin and Old Lane? Yeah, why? Well, do you need to tell me that anybody cares whether or not Priscilla Lane can cook? <laughs> The two guys in the story do. Who are those two guys? Well, a couple of rather popular fellows called Adolf Manjou and Humphrey Bogart. I still don't know who they are. Oh. oh, I know those two. Yeah. Well, they think too much about food. Imagine worrying about whether or not Priscilla Lane can cook. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Well, friend, the one thing we're not kidding about is that we've got a great comedy show for you next week. Adolf Manjou, Priscilla Lane, and Humphrey Bogart in If You Could Only Cook. Oscar Bradley will be with us as usual, assisted by Frank Tours, and so will Bud Heaston. So mark it down as a date with us, will you? Until then, this is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer and saying, Good night, everyone. Priscilla Lane is a cook. Are they kidding? Why, she's a meal in a cell. <laughs> Our thanks to Martha Chevins for Penny Serenade. Irene Dunn may currently be seen in the Universal Picture Unfinished Business. Harry Grant is now making Warner Brothers arsenic and old lace and will soon be seen in the Alfred Hitchcock production, Suspicion. But he's speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs>